listeners, welcome back to the Hitting Rock Metal podcast. I'm your host, Sally Holder. And today we have with us a founder, a female founder, of course, of an incredible swimwear line called Change of Scenery. I have looked on their website. In fact, I have already shopped their website, guys. You are going to fall in love. Uh, Jamie is the co-founder and creative director of this incredible company. They are a women's luxury swim and resort wear startup that launched in March of 2022. So really new brands on the scene. We always like to bring you the cutting edge. They are, in fact, also a sustainable swimwear brand focused on classic and sophisticated styles for the modern woman ages 30 to 55. I know that is every woman in our audience. Jamie spent years as the design director for RTW and swimwear uh, for iconic brands such as Kate Spade, Shoshana, Millie, just to name a few. And she brings all of that insider knowledge to her very own new line. The collection debuted with 12 beautifully designed high-quality swimsuits and easy dresses and jewel colors, classic blacks, and easy prints designed to stand the test of time. I can't wait for you guys to check out Change of Scenery Swimwear and get to know Jamie Banks. So welcome, Jamie. So glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. So let's jump right in. Tell me all about yourself. And how in the world you got the idea to start this company since it is so new, you still have a lot of that fun startup uh, launch energy, I'm sure. Uh, So share it with us and our listeners. Um, So I am a fashion designer. I have been uh, working in the fashion industry for 17 years, overseeing uh, ready-to-wear design for some incredible women's brands, as you mentioned. Um, I have always loved building other people's brands, uh, and I'm very good at it. Uh, So I thought that I would be doing that forever. I, um, the brands I worked for, um, as you mentioned, first uh, Ten Corso Como in Milan, and then Millie New York, Shoshana Collection, and then Kate Spade for over 10 years. Um, they all had one thing in common, which is that they had a very, very clear DNA and a very clear customer that they were designing for. So they all were not trying to be everything to everyone. They had a brand and they knew who they were. And I loved that. And I identified with each brand so much. You know, not everyone's so lucky to work for a brand that they really love and have have a job. And um, I just loved each of my jobs so much. And I identified with the product. And when I would put pencil to paper to sketch, I just kept sketching and sketching and sketching, which is really the most you could hope for as a designer. Um, And I thought that I would do that forever. And in July, 2020, I was overseeing ready to wear and other 20 other categories for Kate Spade. And um, the parent company made the difficult decision to shut down our division. Uh, It was the middle of the pandemic. The stores were closed for a few months at that point. And my entire team was laid off. Um, I would definitely say that that was my rock middle. Yeah. I love this term that you coined because it certainly wasn't rock bottom. You know, a lot of great things came out of this, but um, it was a real crossroads in my life and my career. Uh, It came as a very big surprise. I mean, let's say the pandemic came as a very big surprise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was um, on a book tour, so not great make timing for me. Oh my gosh, you had to come home from a book tour? <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh God, okay. <laughs> 
Well, I was just home, I guess, (laughs) like so many other people. Um, You know, I had three little kids at home. My youngest was 18 months at the time, like that perfect age where he was just walking into glass corners. Um, Yeah. yeah. And we're trying to to watch absolutely every minute of their life. Yeah, exactly. Um, And, you know, I found myself really questioning what was important to me professionally, personally. Um, My kids really needed me, but I wasn't, you know, ready to sort of walk away from this career. And, you know, fashion, unlike other things, you really can't step out for a little bit and go back in. So, you know, I really needed to decide what I wanted to do next. Um, I knew that I was very exhausted by ready to wear at that time. So for anyone that doesn't know, ready to wear RTW is just a fashion term for clothing collections that are um, pre-manufactured and sold in standard sizes. So you can go to a store and you can buy them. Um, And when I started in fashion many years ago, not to age myself, but there was only spring and fall. There was spring yeah. runway and fall runway. And then in between, you got this nice break to feel creative and sort of like renew yourself and remember what your brand stood for and sort of maybe get out there and be with your customer, a shop, travel, any of the things. Um, by 2020, when I left Kate Spade, we were doing 14 to 17 collections a year for 20 categories. And, wow. you know, there's like a monthly collection. And that, and this mm-hmm. is in contemporary, right? In fast fashion, there might be 52 collections a year, one a yeah. week. Um, And it just, it didn't feel good. You know, it felt like a hamster wheel. It didn't feel exciting. Um, There's so much ready to wear product in the market. And it felt like we were just making product to make it because we had to get it out. We had to deliver it to the sales teams who had to deliver it to the department stores. And I think that, you know, the teams I was working with and, and myself, we sort of had really lost sight of the customer we were designing for and what she really needed in her real life. Um, and I wanted to take a step back to, you know, the place where I felt so good about making product um, that, you know, offered her something that she really needed. And, um, and that was always what I loved the most about being a fashion designer. You know, it's not like the obvious thing where, you know, a doctor, humanitarian, they're helping people. But fashion designers, we're lucky because we're helping people, too, because because fashion makes people happy. You know, the right product really makes people happy. And um, I have been, you know, fortunate enough to work for brands that make women feel like all the good things, pretty, confident, fun, positive, strong, sexy in the right times. And and we had just lost sight of that. We were just making, you know, clothing for God knows who to go to God knows where. Um, So in 2021, I was fortunate enough to get a bunch of like really amazing consulting jobs designing for, for different brands. And I launched a job, uh, sorry, I started a consulting job working for a small swim brand. Um, I had always loved the swim category, um, starting from my days at Trishana, which is, of course, known for swim. I oversaw swim at Kate Spade because swim, well, no one really loves trying on swim. When you really think about swimwear as a category, like you never need a bathing suit for anything bad, right? If you're going to need a bathing (laughs) suit, it's for something great, like something filled with leisure and family and friends and sun and something great, whether or not you like wearing a bathing suit. Um, So so it's such a great category. And I'm working with this swim brand, consulting for them and really diving back into the swim market. And at the end of the day, I keep saying to my husband, you know, I'm designing for this brand. So I need to design for their DNA, for their customer, which wasn't exactly, you know, aligned with mine, but it was a great job. And I am in the swim market, I'm diving in and I'm seeing like, there's such a white space. Like everyone is designing this super sexy swim for 20 somethings, you know, with these pre-baby bodies or whatever they have. And then it jumps to modesty swim, but Uh there's not a lot in the middle, you know, for, you know, like, as you said before, like a 30 to 55 year old woman, me and my friends, um, 
you know, something that like, you know, we're not, we're not grandmas, nothing against grandmas, love grandmas, but you know, we're not, we're not there yet. We're not at the modesty swim yet, but we are, you know, in our thirties or forties or fifties post baby body, maybe, or if not, like just not the same as we were in our twenties. And why do we only have the option of being inappropriate or, you know, jumping to a year that we're not at? So true. And I became really passionate about it. Like the more that I consulted for this brand and the more that I saw the white space and, I, you know, started writing a business plan and it started very, very slow. And it was just like a sort of a seed that was planted. And the more I looked into it, the more I was like, no one is serving this woman in swimwear. And that is how Change of Scenery was born. Hey, listeners, we are so excited to share that the fourth annual Brim Retreat will be taking place in Austin, Texas. This is the premier event for female entrepreneurs that are ready to take their business to the next level. Taking place from April 30th through May 3rd, this three-day event is led by expert business coach Sally Holder and perfectly combines opportunities to connect, learn from the best across industries, and fill your cup with exclusive experiences and group activities. This is your chance to join 150 other phenomenal entrepreneurs and get away from the distractions of everyday life. Give yourself the dedicated time, space, and experiences that will enable you to come back and create massive leaps in your business. So are you ready to have your aha moment in Austin with the brim? To grab your ticket or learn more, visit us at growwiththebrim.com. But hurry, because this event will sell out. I love that. I mean, you saw a white space in the market and decided I am the person to be able to fill it. But so many of the people that I coach and, you know, so much of what we work on immediately is really making them switch from realizing that they're um, solving, I mean, selling something to the fact that they are in fact solving a problem and that they are serving a need that these people have. And that without their the existence of their product or service, that that need will go unfulfilled. And I just love that you're so keenly aware about the fact that there is an, in fact, need and that you're helping and serving in some way, um, which is just beautiful. I think so. Too. And as a 43-year-old woman of two, I am very appreciative of the fact <laughs> that you can make a bathing suit that is not, as my 12-year-old daughter says, cheeky. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, I don't want it to be cheeky. She's like, I like the cheeky bathing suits. I was like, yes, because you're 12. Right. 12. It's true. No, actually, most swim brands have a page on their website where you can see um, the styles that are cheeky, the styles that are mid coverage, full coverage. We only have full coverage. Nice. We have one cheek coverage, which yeah, is full. There should only be one in my personal, yes. very <laughs> humble, non-creative, non-designer opinion. Yes. But yes, the yeah. other should not be out there because it just puts unrealistic expectations of women's asses in their 40s. But I go agree. ahead. Great. Agree, agree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're on the same page. Exactly. So you were getting started. Um, do you mind if I ask you a little bit of the nitty gritty? You know, what's interesting about a product-based brand is, and that I find deters a lot of female entrepreneurs from getting into a product-based brand, is that they're worried about things like inventory and capital and, you know, how much you order and all of those things. How did you know the answers to all of those questions? And how did you get started, right, finding the right a production partner and all of those complicated things that 
have to be done? Kind of what order were they done? And, you know, was there any part of it that you felt like was overwhelming or, um, you know, something you have learned now you're on the other side of it that ought to be shared? Oh my gosh, I've learned <laughs> how many hours do we have about the things that right. I've learned that I'm on the other side of it. I don't know yeah. if I'm on the other side yet. I guess you never are on the other side ever. Hopefully um, not, because it means you're not growing anymore. Exactly. So exactly. Always so, have to be uncomfortable. Um, so my background, like I mentioned, is in design and adjacent to design is always production, product development, um, things like that. So those were the things that came naturally to me, the things that I had always done in my in my day-to-day job. Um you know, I had a lot of great partners from my past, factory partners, fabric mills, um, trim mills, um, and I had worked in swimwear for a long time. So those sorts of things, I knew right away what I wanted. Um, I knew the type of factory I wanted to, you know, ethical factory that I wanted to work with, with fair wages that, you know, treated their employees well, but that also was fair to me as a, as a paying customer um, that would be thrilled about the opportunity to work with a new brand that might have really small quantities and not like so efficient or profitable for the factory right now, but they saw potential and would want to grow with us as we grew. Um, It's nice to know that those even exist. They do. They do. It was probably, you know, just for anyone listening, like it, it most likely was a little bit easier for me because I did have those relationships in place. I wasn't just, you know, cold calling and yeah. saying, you know, um, but I was lucky enough to be, have people from my past that believed in me. and. Um, you know, there aren't so many suppliers of swim fabric and trims. And I knew that we were going to be sustainable. Um, I knew that if I was going to start a, a brand from scratch and put product into the world, I had a responsibility as a as a new business owner to consider sustainable practices as much as possible, um, reduce our environmental impact as much as possible. So that sort of, it did make it easier because that sort of limited it down to two fabric suppliers. <laughs> there are two recycled swim fabric suppliers in the world. Wow. Um, so it was just one or the other, basically. Um, I mean. And, um, but, you know, I think what's that famous TED talk about the power of choice? We're like, it's better, maybe. Yeah. We were better off and we didn't have like 8 million choices, you know? Um, yep. So, you know, there was that. Um, and then there were all the things that like I... I'm not an expert in. So those are the, you know, and sorry, there was the product obviously, but I had such a clear vision of what the suits needed to be. Like maybe, mm-hmm. you know, some variations on neckline or or things like shirring or not shirring or whatever. But like, I, I had a very clear vision of what the suits were. Um, so then, you know, aside from product, um, I am not an e-commerce person. I'm not a marketing person. I'm not a salesperson. Maybe I'm a little bit now. Um and, and those things are hard, you know, and I just had to learn to ask a lot of questions. I would say like anyone that's starting a brand, like you cannot be humble. You cannot think that you know everything. Like you take every single meeting that you can take, you learn everything you can from whoever will offer it to you. Um, you never know what someone unexpectedly might offer or know a friend of a friend of a friend or suggest something to you that will be a better choice or just something you didn't consider. Um but then at the same time, something that was very hard for me is that because I had always worked for these pretty big companies or very established brands that did everything, you know, they were on every social media platform, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you know, you name it, Twitter. They had teams. Kate Speed had a team for everything. When Kate Speed has a photo shoot, there's, you know, 100 people, 200, who know, you know, models and, right. and, and food and all this stuff. And it didn't occur to me right away the change of scenery did not need and 
could not have all of those things. So that was pretty hard for me to work through. Like what were the most important things to prioritize for change of scenery? Um, because I had always had everything, you know, teams of people right. to do everything. Um, and I, I made some choices in the beginning, you know, hiring teams for different things, social media, email, um, that ultimately we took in house. Um, and, and I didn't hire people for things like sales, which now we're, you know, I think that's the bigger priority to really get the product out there. Um, so we're learning. Um, someone told me it's called a learning tax or whatever you spend money on that maybe wasn't the best choice in the beginning is called a learning tax, but, um, Very true. but it's okay. As long as like, you know, you come out of it, like a little bit more confident, a little bit more sure that you're offering something that's worth it and, and move forward. How did you come up with the name change of scenery? Oh God. Um, I was obsessed with the name for a lot. I think obsessed would be the right word. Um, I, I, I am too. I think it's I, <laughs> incredible. I love it. Oh, thank you so much. I love it too. Um, I knew that I didn't want the brand to be called Jamie Banks. Um, I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted it to be about the message I was sending, the woman I was serving, um, and sort of like nailing that phrase was very, very hard. And a lot of people told me that I should come up with a made up word, but it's not mm. so easy to do. Like a lot of credit to Sarah Blakely, because Spanx means a lot of things to a lot of people now. It's almost like a, like a dictionary word, right? It's like become right. part of vernacular, Uber, Spanx, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't, I couldn't um, relate to a word that meant nothing. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just couldn't get there. And the trademark lawyers kept saying to me, like you cannot keep trying for these common phrases, like they will be trademarked. Yeah. So, um, so it was very hard because really I, for anyone out there that has um, tried to trademark something, really everything is trademarked. It's very hard. And change of scenery came up on a list that, I mean, I had copywriters, naming contests, um, naming costers. Have you ever heard of that? It's a cool thing. You can no. go on these websites and um, offer a nominal amount of money. I think I offered $200 and all these copywriters from all over the world will read your brief and submit names for your brand, your product, whatever you want. And if you pick one of them, the winner gets whatever money you offered. Oh, I love that. I, it was great. But the, what you don't, what I didn't realize at first is that you have to pick a name that is not trademarked already. So it doesn't sort yes. of limit it down. Um, so ultimately that didn't work out. And a friend who um, is a creative director offered to write a list for me and do some brainstorming and change of scenery was on there. And the second I saw it, I knew, like I knew that that was um, the name that I had been looking for because it is a common phrase, but it's a common phrase that like everyone really identifies with in a positive way. You know, everyone needs a change of scenery now and then everyone deserves a change of scenery now and then. And it was just like everything I was trying to put out into the world, like that change of scenery. I think you automatically think, oh, that's like a big vacation, a change of scenery, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, especially think about the pandemic, a change of scenery someone needed might've been like a five minute walk around the block mm -hmm. or, or getting away from there. I mean, I love my kids a lot, but getting away from your kids for 10 minutes or hiding yes. in the bathroom is a change of scenery. Um, but also I think change of scenery is really like generally uh, applies to when you're focusing on yourself for a few minutes mm -hmm. and whatever that means to you. And from a product perspective, I really do think that product can inspire confidence and transform people. And I think that the woman that I'm serving never does that, right? Like her life is consumed with the taking care of others, parents, friends, her husband, her kids, and she never really does anything for herself. When you think about her in the vacation space, 
everyone else gets something new, right? The kids all need new stuff because they're, they grow out of it. The husband gets new stuff because he, you know, sorry guys, but doesn't (laughs) go for himself to get whatever he needs. And then the mom gets there and like, she's in her, you know, whatever from five, 10 years ago. I mean, the number one thing I hear when people try on change of scenery in person is, oh my gosh, I haven't tried, I haven't bought myself something for vacation in five or 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, So the name did, that's my long answer. The name did all of those things for me and and I love it. And people tell me all the time, wow, I just, I just love the name. It makes me so happy. Yeah. I was already getting those kind of vibes and feeling behind it. So I'm, I'm glad that you validated that that's exactly where you're headed with it. It's just this overarching feeling that even when I wear it, I'm going to get to experience a big change of scenery. And that's kind of how I immediately thought about it. But there is an a, like evoking of some sense of excitement. And I think that's really cool as well. Um, so going back to your previous answer, you said, right, learning about sales was, uh, you know, a, a big part of it. I've always heard that, you know, in your first year, it's 80% of your focus and 20% is on everything else that needs to be done, which is a very long list. But um, how are you guys now working towards meeting sales goals? And what do you find really moves the needle with regard to selling products in today's market? So this has been a really interesting learning for me um, because, and this is going to sound very silly and laugh, but I genuinely thought that if I built a beautiful website, that people would come. If I built it, people would come. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't think I. Oh, put I'm that not going to laugh. So much, people but... say that to me every day, and I'm like, "This is <laughs> not field of dreams, guys. No, it's it entrepreneurship. Dreams, but it is so it. much harder." I, um, I've never been part of this part of the business. And now I realize that if you build a beautiful website, you have to find people to find that website. <laughs> and then in swim, I mean, certainly nobody wakes up in the morning is like, I hope I buy and get to try on bathing suits today. <laughs> so then, you know, our product is accessible luxury. So it's a very good price for the quality of the product, but it is, you know, it's over a hundred dollars. Um, so it's an investment for most women. And then it's a brand that they've likely never heard of. Um, we only launched seven months ago. And, um, so, you know, I think they need to see, what do they say? They need to see change of scenery five times, seven, nine times before they're, I mean, this is a brand that I should try. Um, so even if we get them to our website, we do see that we have a lot of add to cart and not, you know, and a lower conversion rate to checkout. Cause you know how that feels like you're thinking about it. Do I really want this? Am I really going to look good in this bathing suit? Is that even possible? Um, it is possible for anyone who wants to try us out. Um, That's the hardest step, right? In the sales process is moving them from that desire stage to action. And it is had like a pretty high percentage of repeat customers, which I love because I know that if I can get the suits on them, that they will love it. We have very low return rate. I mean, the industry return rate for swim is 60%. We're at about like a, like a 13 to 17% return rate, which is wow. Um, But to really answer your question. So I built it. They came a little bit, but they didn't, you know, it's not field of dreams, like you said. And we had to, we had to pivot like right away. And I started doing in-person trunk shows um, Mm -hmm. and pop-ups at boutiques, um, events in private homes, traveling all over the country um, and bringing the product to women. And we have done over 60% of our sales um, for the first season in person. And that is what's really working. I think it's a combination of people who are just ready to get back in real person, in real life. Mm -hmm. 
You know, shopping mm-hmm. in person is fun. Shopping with your friends is fun. It's an experience. It's an event. You know, when I go to private homes, there's wine, there's cheese, there's conversation. You get to skip bedtime. Like all, yeah. the, all the good things. Um, now I've seen it like, that consumer reports are saying that that is very much a trend as people's desire to shop back in person again. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and it's been great for me because you know, my whole career, I sat in an ivory tower designing product for a woman I was never going to meet. Um, and now I have this opportunity, just the way things panned out. And, you know, and again, like, like I said before, I just was telling a lot of people, like, it's really hard to drive traffic to the site. And, you know, some people offered to host. Some people said, I know a store owner that, you know, some people said, I know a hotel that will, that will have you come. And just really like always talking about it to see who could come up with what. Um, and I, and the, this wonderful side effect of it is that I have seen hundreds of women try on my bathing suits and the feedback, the in-person real-time feedback, you know, just to feed what we do in the future and what we, you know, move forward with has been invaluable. I mean, aside from the, you know, 65% of sales that we got, I don't, I don't know it, how we would have moved forward. I feel so confident about the new collections because they're just what people asked for. So you're a few years into this entrepreneur thing. And guess what? It's hard. When things get tough, it's easy to start feeling like everyone's got it figured out except for you. But that's not true. You are capable of creating anything you want, but nobody's ever showed you how to get there without pulling your hair out. That changes now. The Brim's Revenue Accelerator is the only intimate 12-month group coaching experience created by business expert Sally Holder. Consider it like your fast pass to success. Just like at an amusement park, you can wait in a long line and hopefully get on the ride before it closes, or you can find a better way. Grab the fast pass and get to your goals with ease. So what do you say? You can keep on as you have been, or you can join the Revenue Accelerator and get on your way to five times the revenue growth, along with a community of real entrepreneurs that will cheer you on, hold you accountable, and provide the safe space to get real about running a business. Head to growwiththebrim.com to set up your call and talk with a Brim team member to get signed up today. Right. And what have they asked for? I'm so curious. Um, What does the next collection kind of look like? And what, you know, tweaks or iterations were you seeing as a result of kind of being in front of your customer more? Um, well, the yeah, I mean, the number one thing I learned from the first collection is that no matter what, you could have the best Instagram, be in a hundred boutiques, whatever. The product is king or queen, I guess in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, in swim, especially, it, there's no, you know, it can't be a little big or a little small. The fit is everything. So we had very good fit, but I knew that we needed to have even better fit. Like I can't ever fall asleep at the wheel with the fit. I have to just keep, you know, trying to make it better and better. So anything someone suggested, you know, if I would see over and over again, that the suit was gaping at the bust or it didn't quite cover enough at the butt, um, you know, I made a note and I kept, you know, sort of tweaking and thinking about the next collection. Um, I heard from a lot of people that, um, that, which I sort of knew, but a lot of women feel very comfortable showing like their clavicle or like a little bit of plunge neckline, but they want to cover like the side, you know, the, mm-hmm. the younger girls like the side boob, I guess it's called, but, but not my, my customer. Um, you know, a lot of women, you know, right below the, the bust is a place that people are willing to show. So that's like a nice area for a cutout. Um, 
And I kept noticing that because of the high-waisted bikini being so successful. A high-waisted bikini basically shows a sliver of skin below the bust, but not Mm -hmm. your stomach. And, you know, Mm -hmm. most of the women don't feel comfortable with their stomach. Um, Adjustable straps were the most important thing. We had one Mm -hmm. style without adjustable straps that was definitely our hardest style. Um, Because versatility is sort of everything, you know. Um, There's just so many different shapes of women. and You can't cover all of them. Um, A lot of people ask for one shoulder. So we have a beautiful one shoulder coming. And we had a lot of success with the outfitting. Um, So not a lot of swim brands have these sort of, you know, mix and magic outfits of a suit and a cover-up. But I knew that my customer was not walking around the pool or the beach in just a bathing suit. Like she most likely needed to, needed to, or wanted to cover something, whether like you, it's because her 12 year old daughter is like, mom, you know? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Or just because she's not comfortable or maybe her in-laws are there or, you know, families or whatever it is. So we have really beautiful, sophisticated, like matching skirts and versatile dresses. And, you know, it just makes you stand up a little bit taller if you're not just like throwing on denim shorts with your bathing suit from six years ago. Um, So that's been great. Yeah, I really did love that, you know, immediately going on the website, being able to see that it felt like a look. And, you know, I love that experience of being able to see the suit and then immediately noticing, okay, this is going to make me feel really comfortable and much more confident. Um, So, yeah, I felt that experience, certainly being a a person on the site. Um, So where do you kind of see the brand as a whole going over the course of its lifetime? Where do you want to take change of scenery? I, you know, in the beginning, I thought maybe, you know, we would be like whatever change of scenery she's going to have and, you know, maybe go into more cold weather things too or whatever. And the thing that I've loved the most is really becoming this real category expert. I mean, I had always been in swim before, but now just like learning so much, I think I would really rather focus. Um, There had been a big trend in fashion for a long time to be everything to everyone. You know, Mm -hmm. every brand started handbags and jewelry and shoes and eyeglasses and like everyone's like everything to no one or whatever. Exactly. Um, I want to be like the go-to swim and vacation wear brand that like someone says, "I, I need a new suit that's the brand that makes me feel good or someone hears someone else say, Oh, you got to go to this brand. Cause they, that's what's going to make you feel great. Um, and sort of like stay in our lane for, for a while. Um, and, um, you know, we're launching wholesale. Um, I was just about to ask that. That was my next question. Yeah. So we um, have our second collection coming out for Resort 2023 and that comes out December 15th. And I'm so excited about it. Cause like I said, I, I know it's great because it's just like everything everyone asked for um, more of the beautiful dual solid colors, like more of the, like the super modern prints that you don't see from other brands. Um, super high quality, still like timeless design that she's going to love like for years to come not be sick of next year because it was a trend um and so we're launching for wholesale in december um a few boutiques in new york and florida and texas that we're really excited to partner with and a few really beautiful e-commerce sites um so that's going to be amazing and then in spring um I partnered with my amazingly talented friend, Susie Weekfield. She spent 20 years at Victoria's Secret and she's been working with me on some styles that have a little bit more bust support, um, which is definitely something I've heard a lot. And so we have some styles for that girl and um, some textured fabric, um, recycled textured fabric coming out and some beautiful um, hardware to add, you know, interest and excitement to the silhouettes that we're already seeing success with. 
Very nice. So do you have any kind of wholesale partners kind of picked out that you're like, this would be a dream partner for us? How can we put that out in the universe for you? (laughs) Um, So we, uh, we have been having like some great conversations with some of the major department stores. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think my dream partner would be Nordstrom. I just think their customer is really aligned with our customer and, um, they have just always had and continue to have the best customer service. Um, and they really um, still feels like a personal experience, which I think in a lot of the major department stores, as time goes on, they don't like evolve with the times as fast. Um, but um, I think that would be my, my dream partner. So you guys are listening for our next meeting. You're my dream partner. <laughs> exactly. You never know. Really, it's how it gets done these days. Yeah. Um, so, what do you feel like has been the biggest learning lesson going from being in corporate America to now being an entrepreneur? What do you feel like has been the the biggest sort of shock or lesson along the way for you personally, professionally? You know when. The thing that I love the most about my old job was that I always had, how did they say, uh, juggling a million balls in the air. You know, I'm not the type of, I don't like to have the same job every day. Um, you know, as a fashion designer, you could be like the pants designer and like design pants every day. Um, yeah. That was never the job for me. That's the job for some people. Some people like to know what they're coming into every day. They like to be really good at it and no surprises. I love a fire drill. I thrive on a fire drill. I'm sure there's tons of people listening that also, I have a feeling you do. So. I do. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, managing 20 categories at Kate Spade, like every day was different. It was so exciting. Every day I came in, was focusing on a different category, working with different teams, like a million balls in the air. Um, and that is definitely something that prepared me for entrepreneurship um, because I had a million balls in the air, but also like an incredible team. Now I have a million balls in the air and, um, and it's just me and my star intern, Emma, Emma, that I couldn't live without everyone get a star intern, although none will be as amazing as Emma. And, um, and you know, I, you only get X number of hours in the day. I always think like even Beyonce has X number of hours in the day and a bunch of kids and she gets it right. Somehow she gets it done. And, you know, I think it's partly about, um, figuring out what you can outsource and what you can delegate. But, you know, while we ramp up, like I don't really have the money for that in a lot of cases. So it's, you know, about waking up every day and sort of prioritizing what I'm going to focus on in my limited hours that day. Um, Mm -hmm. Someone, you ever hear the analogy that like, if you're juggling balls in the air, there's like glass balls and plastic balls and rubber balls. Yes. So, you know, you decide like the glass balls are the one they're going to break if you drop them. So that's like the most important thing that I have to spend my attention on. Because if I don't do it, no one's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there might be like a really negative impact for change of scenery if I don't work on it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the plastic balls like won't break, but it's not like great if you don't attend to them at some point, yeah. like that week, let's say. And then they say like, you know, the rubber balls will keep bouncing if you don't pay attention to them. So, you know, it won't like be devastating for for the company if you don't work on them. So I sort of like, you know, sit down with a to-do list in the morning and like put them into the three buckets and I get to what I get to and put one foot in front of the other and we keep moving forward. Yeah. So one thing that I love to ask our um entrepreneurs is what is it that keeps you going and fills your cup? Because 
what we know for sure about entrepreneurship is, you know, it is a, as you've said, a, a process of a lot of trial and error. And that means getting really used to failure and really used to things not working um, and being able to pivot and maintain your enthusiasm and your vigor towards and, and maintain your belief, most importantly, like your faith that I created this for a reason. It has a need. I still have to keep that in the top of my head. How do you do that on a daily basis? Are there any kind of tricks you can share with our audience? I mean, for me, it's, it's the customers. Um, and like, you know, I was having like a pretty challenging day the other day. Like we had, you know, a, a no from a wholesaler that I was really interested in. And I was just feeling like, you know, trying remembering, like, why did I do this? <laughs> like you're saying, and yeah. Just at the right time, I got an email from a customer named Laura and the subject line in capital letters was, I think you're my new best friend. And in the email, she had ordered seven items. And normally, which I don't, I don't mind at all. Someone orders seven items. They're going to keep like one bathing suit, one cover up. They're just trying a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. And Laura, Laura, if you're out there, I just like, you turned my day around the other day and she proceeded in this lovely email that she had never felt good in a bathing suit before. And she loved every single thing she tried on. And it was just like the best those days, whether it's in person or emails, that's, that's the best. Why? Does that make sense? It's so true. You've got to keep that why very close to you. Um, and that probably means, uh, I don't know about you, but I tend to take those emails and screenshot them and save them on my phone as favorites so that those hard days I can remind myself, hey, I am helping somebody. It may not have may not have gotten to the impact that I wanted to today, but in the grand scheme of things, the impact is being felt, um, which is always really nice to know and remind yourself of. So yes. um, the other thing is, and I think you'll mm-hmm. identify that. My favorite thing is overhearing my two daughters like playing business owner or telling their friend, oh. their mom like owns a swimsuit company. It's just the best when they're like so proud of me. And I, I think that like, okay, this is like the best example. I might not be spending every second with them like I want to, but like that's worth everything. Oh my gosh, you just reminded me. I had totally forgotten about this, but my daughter, same thing. She was... um came into my office one day and she was doing her homework and she was probably six. I mean, you know, maybe first grade. And she had made a sign that she taped on the back of her chair. And it said, um, you know, something like boss in training and put it on the back of her chair. And I just loved that. And it's so true. You know, we give ourselves so much grief about what, what they're allegedly not getting, but we fail to credit ourselves for all that they are. And I absolutely love that reminder. I completely forgot about that. So thank you. You just made my day. So much. I love that story. You should make her her a new one. Freeman. I should. She's a boss now. She's 12. I think she's a boss. Uh, Yeah, she she very much is. I absolutely. Yes. So she, she loves fashion. So she will send her my way. Yeah, I will. She could be second in command. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Um, It's 
lovely to meet another dedicated female entrepreneur who is excited about what she's doing and the impact she's going to make in women's lives and recognizes the incredible way she's helping others. So thank you for that. It's a great story. Thank you for having me. So all of you guys, I hope that, I think that our audience is going to be running to your website because (laughs) there is a hole in the market. I have felt it. We have all felt it. Everyone has complained about it. So where can they find you and follow you and be able to shop uh, with Change of Scenery? So you can find us online at um, www.shopchangeofscenery.com, S-H-O-P, changeofscenery.com. And we're on Instagram at shopchangeofscenery. Okay, great. Thank you, Jamie. I really appreciate your time. You too. And congratulations on your amazing transition into entrepreneurship. I can't wait to see where you take this brand over the next couple of years. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) thank you for guys for joining us for another episode of the hitting rock metal podcast again i'm your host sally holder we really appreciate you sharing your time it is your most valuable resource and i hope that this made your day and your business just a little bit better 